chapters tonight, so have your Bibles ready. Chapter 4, and we'll turn to different places tonight, so have your Bibles ready. And uh, reading, reading verse 1 and read down to verse 7, and we're looking at, starting from last week, just the thought of what pleases God, and just some things that we ought to be mindful of, focusing on, and ultimately, really, what we ought to desire is not pleasing ourselves, but pleasing the Lord. And so, just a couple of a couple of um, weeks here, I think, that we'll, we'll cover this, but then something specific tonight here that I think, at times, we don't hear much about anymore, even in churches, and uh, certainly not, not really popular to preach on, but it's it's quite central to a lot of what the Bible has to say. Verse 1, Furthermore, when we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. And notice verse 7, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. And so tonight, as we consider what pleases God, we're just going to talk about a life of holiness, a life of holiness. Let's pray and we'll get into uh, the, the night, get into the Word of God. Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you, dear Lord, for your goodness and grace. And Lord, we just testify that, Lord, today, even though we've all gone through different things and perhaps there's a, there's a certain weariness to the week, we testify of the fact that, Lord, you're faithful and you're the one, dear God, who bears us up. You're the one who strengthens us. You're the one that gives us daily grace that Lord, it is enough, Lord, each and every time. And I'm thankful, dear Lord, for tonight. I'm, I'm prayerful, dear Lord, that you would just help us as we think about this sobering topic that, Lord, you would help us to just, at the very least, dear God, examine it in our lives and then desire for, for it to be something that's, that you would produce, Lord, in our lives. And, Lord, we want to please you, and so we desire this, dear Lord, and ask that you would speak with us through your word Pray for those who are unable to make it here tonight and pray for those who are unwell. Pray for those who, um, Lord, are just going through some discouragement perhaps that you would just please just work in their, uh, their lives, we pray. And so we love you, Lord. We thank you for our time. Thank you for everyone here tonight. And we pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And I, I think, you know, when you, when you start to talk about a topic like this, holiness, we can sort of... Um, Feel like we have to buckle ourselves in and here we go and I think even the world has a certain view of holiness you know you would typically picture maybe a praying monk somewhere in the Himalayas and you know cross-legged and chanting to himself I think the world pictures it that way sometimes it's a nun in a con convent and you know doing benevolent deeds and they would deem that person to be holy and I think in a way they're right in some way, because it is a life of separation. And the word holy simply means hallowed. 
simply means consecrated or set apart to a sacred use or to the service or worship of God. It's to be free from admixture, the, the, the sense of there, uh, there being an impurity in someone's life. And I think we understand that one of the prevailing characteristics of God is holiness. He is a holy God. And one of greatest, God's greatest desires for us is that we would have holiness in our lives. And so holiness, as we read it here, is something that greatly pleases God. And, you know, often we sort of think about holiness as some sort of performance or some sort of just a position. But I think when we examine Scripture, as we are going to t- tonight briefly, we're going to see it's also a process. Okay, sanctification is what that's called. It's, it's, our, it's our progressive holiness where God is working things in our lives that's, that's producing producing holiness and then cutting away those things that are not pleasing to Him. And, and we read that there in verse 3, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification. So that, that idea that you're to be in this uh, process of being made more holy, more like God, is His will for your life. And you think about all of the, all of the times in the um, in the Old Testament where men would approach God and he would often say, you know, like in Moses' situation, remove your shoes for this is holy ground. You remember that there was really a separation between in the, in the, uh, both the temple and the tabernacle of the holy of holies and, and no one, uh, not, not everyone can go in there. In fact, there was a high priest once a year who would go through all of the ceremonial purification to go through there. In fact, they were, it was so dangerous for man to be around God's holiness, that even the high priest, they would put pomegranates or bells on his robes so that if they stopped hearing the bells ringing, they'd have to pull him out because they'd know he died. That's how dangerous holiness was to mankind because mankind in our nature, in our fallen nature, is full of sin and can't be, can't be around the holiness of God. And you understand that was the case, but we also know that because of the Lord Jesus Christ, God now sees that sacrifice and He sees you and I through the blood of Christ and through Him positionally, we've been made holy. And we can go in and, you know, that separation, the, the veil being torn was, a, was God saying, no, you could, there's a way in and there's a way where... We can have access to God without that being a danger to us. And, you know, we, we often, when we, um, we, we tell children, don't look straight in the sun, it's, it's dangerous for you because of the brightness. Where it was, that was the case. God shielded us from that because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So positionally tonight, God's looking at you and you've been made righteous, you've been made holy in His sight, but the reality is, because we're still living on this earth, and we still have this flesh, and we have this fallen world that is not conducive to holiness, then there's still that process that God is working in us because we still have a robe ourselves. It's a robe of flesh. It's this fallen nature that we're still dealing with. And so progressively, we are being made holy practically day by day, and that is God's desire. And so we're going to just think about holiness tonight and turn with me now to Romans chapter 8. 
Romans chapter 8. And notice a couple of verses here, beginning in verse 1. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So he's translated us from being subject to the law of sin and death to now being free in the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. So he's saying there that those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior is now not, no, longer, no longer have to walk, be walking after the old man, the flesh, but instead, we have now the ability to walk after the Spirit. Okay, so positionally, we are in the Spirit, but practically, we still have to be walking after the Spirit. Okay, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are of the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind, the fleshly mind, is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So understand that someone who's in the flesh, positionally not saved, positionally not in the Spirit, not in Christ, they have no ability to please God. But because we are no longer under the law of, the, of sin and death, we're now in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, we can now have the ability to walk after the Spirit, which lends itself to pleasing God. All right? So, but ye are no, notice if verse 9, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So, really, the, in, in, in all of this, we're really speaking about, in regard to holiness, that's stemming from a, a life that is being filled with the Spirit. Walking after the Spirit. Walking after the new man. And all of that it really is the, the, the ability that God has given us to then produce holiness in our lives. You understand that, that holiness really is, is defined by who God is. And, and you look at God and all of His purity is free from any blot. That in Him is no darkness at all. That, that is really the definition of holiness. And we're, we're, we're on a journey, on a, on a process of being made like unto Him. And what the Spirit-filled life is, it's like the wind in the sailboat that empowers us and enables us to get closer and closer to that likeness of God, to holiness. So in many ways, a person filled with the Spirit of God is like a person who's skilled enough to harness the power of the wind. And the Holy Spirit who lives in us, He guides us to do right, He empowers us to do right, and He teaches us to do right. But the, the thing is this, that we, we have the power to walk after the Spirit, but we have a tendency to want to walk after the flesh. And we've got to subdue the flesh. We've got to ensure that all those things that feed the flesh and and, and so 
if we're going to get to holiness, it's really going to stem from us walking after the Spirit. In Ephesians 4.30, the Bible says this, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You know, He's the seal. He's the promise. And, and, and He's really the God's way. It, it, he, God Himself being in you to evidence of your salvation. But we can quench Him. We can grieve Him. And at times, we, we, we in our walking after the flesh, and when we don't consider sin in our lives, and we allow that to just fester, we're powerless and no longer do we see any holiness in our practical living. We can suddenly just be walking after the flesh like the old man that we are and that we have. And so holiness is really stemming from that being filled with the Spirit or walking after the Spirit. And that takes, that takes a, little, a bit of sensitivity. You know, the Bible there says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. And sometimes we grieve God, again, by not, not considering those things that He's trying to get our attention about, perhaps sin and perhaps just iniquity in our hearts. But also, holiness really is a result of, of living a sacrificed life. And Romans chapter 12, so go to a couple of pages there. Romans chapter 12, and we probably know these two verses he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove whether it is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, so, so again, that idea of a living sacrifice, it's that idea of denying self, denying flesh, it's really what it is. It's, it's surrender. It's being surrendered to the Lord produces holiness in our lives. You know, surrender is needful if we're going to live a life of holiness. And Ephesians chapter 4, quickly turn there. Ephesians chapter 4. And notice with me verses, verse 17. He says, This I say therefore, and and testify in the law that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Say, so don't walk that way anymore, having the understanding dark and being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to, walk, uh, to work all uncleanness with greediness. He says, but ye have not so learned Christ. That's not Christ's way. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that, notice this, you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which has corrupted the deceitful lusts. And he says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness, and notice this, and true holiness. So there's this, this living sacrifice life is the putting off and the putting on. You put off the old man, you put off those, those things that were the former life, and you're supposed to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and you're to, be, you're to put on Christ. To put on who He is and who He has, has, uh, has been shown in Scripture. And you know what the, this is? It's a process of really self-denial, the living sacrifice. It's a process of surrender. You're daily, purposely putting off the old man and putting on the new man. And, and, and again, you know, I think sometimes in our minds we, we don't place enough 
importance on holiness because we think, well, some people are holy, others are not. No, listen, if you're saved, then actually God, firstly, He sees you through the lens of Christ, but He gives you the ability to be more like Him. That, that is inherent in who we are in Christ. And so actually you have that too if you're saved because holiness really, it's a process, not, not simply a performance. Here's what we, we do when we think about holiness. We look at, we start to list down certain standards and we start to list down certain things that we think, well, that's what holiness looks like. No, what holiness looks like is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's to be like Him. Holiness. But it's a process. It's not a performance. And, you know, sometimes we, we think, well, we can never achieve perfection. L listen, that's His desire. He's working things through us and in us. And God expects us and empowers us and enables us to strive for it. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I know we're going quickly tonight, but I hope you're, you're keeping along. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 now, look at verses 13 to 15. He says, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto He called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what He says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. He was saying there that, that whereunto he called you by your, our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, glory is to shed light, it's to illuminate, it's to highlight. He's saying the glory of the Lord, that, that's what he's, he's, he's enabled you to obtain. And he's saying hold on to certain things that this has all got to do with the fact that, that God in his Wisdom has given us actually the, the, the very tools that we need to be able to live that sanctified, set-apart life. You know, what, what we can be comforted in is that positionally we have been set apart, but then God also, He gives us the, the, the very things that we need. And here's why we emphasize that as preachers, you need to get in the Word of God. Because the Bible says in John 17, 17, the Lord Jesus Himself speaking, He says, Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy word is truth. And He's saying the way to sanctification is that process of time of just getting in the word of God and letting this, the mind of Christ, the mind of God, renew the spirit of your mind to transform you. No, no one will ever really be in that process of sanctification and Becoming more like Christ if you're not just living by and living in the Word of God. That's the way to sanctification. This is the refining process. And, and by that, you understand even those other things that God uses, His chastening. Those other things that He uses, those, those trials at times that show us our need and our weakness. And, you know, all of that is framed around and understood by the very principles of the truth of the Word of God. And so we understand that it's a process, not a performance. And then really at the very end of it, the reason holiness pleases God is it's because it's His very nature. And I know we've alluded to it already, but look at First Peter 
chapter 1 and verses 15 to 16. Actually, let's look at verse 13. He says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves to the former lusts in your ignorance. Saying, don't be shaped by that. Don't be like that. But then notice the contrast. It says, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation or manner of living, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And he, that's, that's really an imperative there. He says, you can be. He says, the reason why I want you to be is because I am holy. And so his defining character is actually his holiness. We become like Him as we surrender to that process of sanctification. And as God reveals things in His Word and God reveals things in our nature that aren't lining up to His nature, we, we start to look at that and through the empowering work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, God progressively makes us more like Him holy. But you know, not many people want to surrender to that because here's what we think. Here's what we think. Sometimes we're in this life not for our holiness, but really we're more concerned about our happiness. You know, sometimes without even saying it, but in our actions, because we're not mindful of the fact that we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God, we'll just go about and we'll just please ourselves and just we're pursuing happiness. And yet God's main concern for us is that we would pursue holiness. Now, I'm not saying that along the way that there's no, there's no joy in that. There should be joy. There will be joy. But all along the way, as God's doing that, sometimes it is painful. Sometimes it is confronting. But I'll tell you what, it is transforming. You know, one day we're going to be in heaven and in Revelation 4.8, and we sing that song, don't we? Holy, holy, holy. But there are the four beasts. They were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. If that's, that's a theme of praise in heaven, how pleasing is it to the Lord when he starts to see that being worked in our lives? How pleasing is that when he sees that not only are we positionally in Christ holy, but as we're dealing with this robe of flesh, we're dealing with those unholy things that shouldn't be there, that as he's working through it, we're surrendering to that. And with the Spirit of the Lord just enabling us, becoming more like him. That's how we please God. And, and, and I hope that, that we would in our just in our daily walk, be considerate. Lord, how, how's my holiness? Lord, am I, are there things that you're dealing, you need me to deal with? And then how sensitive are we to that? And how quickly then do we just go through the, the whole process and then seek the Lord and see Him pleased? And, and really that's it. As we think about it, we're going to look into another thing next week, Lord willing. And so I hope that you, uh, you just consider those things as we get into the week. Let's pray. Father, thank you again. Lord, you're so good to us. You are gracious, dear Lord. And, 
I know, Lord, we, we often, um, really, thinking about myself, just we often fail this. And yet, Lord, in your grace, you, you remind us, Lord, in your word, you get us going again, and you remind us what is most important. And so I pray that you help us as we think about, Lord, just this, this thing of, of holiness in our lives. I'm thankful, dear Lord, that through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, we're seen as holy before you. And then, Lord, because you love us and you care for us and, and you want that life that pleases you, Lord, you work things in us through the word, through your, your spirit's witness, Lord, through, through surrender, Lord, those things that are, are most pleasing to you, the, the work of sanctification and holiness in our lives. And so I pray that you'd help us, even as we have this time of prayer, in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. Brother Paul, thanks.